Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Is this weird? <laughs> yeah. Am I being weird? Mm-hmm. Weird. Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Speaking of weird. Yes. I noticed a weird thing. I love weird a things. A couple minutes ago. What happened? Um, so, you know, as we were getting, just a couple minutes ago, we're in the studio now. We were getting all of our dingles and dongles all put together so we can record this show. I took a little bathroom break, went into the bathroom, sat on the toilet. And what do I see before me? Someone had set on, uh, you know, the shelf where we store the toilet paper. There was a mug with a spoon in it. And I'm not sure what was inside. Maybe yogurt, maybe like <laughs> milk and cereal. So someone had been eating on the toilet. Wow. So my question for you is, have you ever done that? Uh, have I eaten on the toilet? I have, but it was when I was really sick. So like I just kind of, well. Worm? That- when you had the worm? No, it was not when I had the worm because I didn't feel sick. I was just tired and had like a bellyache. When my, yeah, when I, the worm was like eating all of your energy. Right. When the worm was living inside of me, that is what happened. You know what? I think I might have done it once as a kid just to be like, <laughs> I ate Cocoa Puffs on the toilet. On the toilet. Right. Have you? Yeah. Like a lot? No, not a lot. Like one time, you never, do you ever urgently need cookies? Yes. So one time I like set up from the couch and sprinted to my fridge and uh, keep my Thin Mints in the freezer, obviously. Of course. Get the Thin Mints out and I was like, oh, I have to pee and the toilet's right there. So I went in and I was eating my cookie and peeing at the same time. (laughs) So I didn't really plan it. It was just kind of an impromptu visit. Here's another another question. Speaking of weird toilet behavior. Yes. Have you ever pooped with a backpack on? Yes. At the airport all the time. So have I. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Why? Is that supposed to be weird too? Um. So my friend Meg Lewis, who is an amazing designer, she created like a little set of get to know you cards and she brings them to like conferences and stuff. And they're, they, you're supposed to ask the group like weird things. And that's one of them. And she asked that to a crowd of people to like get the crowd warmed up at one of her talks and no one answered. So I raised my hand and said, I have. And I was like, oh, everyone's going to think I'm so cute and charming after this. And what I saw was a sea of confused faces. What? I don't know. Not my crowd. It's really not that weird. Like, okay, so what? I'm either going to poop with my backpack on or I'm going to put my backpack on the floor on of an the, O'Hare bathroom? On the gross floor? There's no. not enough hook space for all my stuff. There isn't. And I'm, I'm in and out of the bathroom. Right. I'm a very efficient pooper because of all the fiber. Yeah, of I, course. So, like, I don't. I don't, there's no time for me to take the backpack off. There's no no time. (laughs) I was also just thinking about the fact that like, it's not like there's enough backsplash that it would be unsafe. Yeah. My situation down there is never too dire where I'd have to undress myself. (laughs) (laughs) Take off your shirt. (laughs) And my shoes. (laughs) Just put on a tarp before you poop. Or what if you wear only your backpack? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what they thought. Maybe that's why they were weirded out. It wasn't, it wasn't because they were just misinterpreting. <laughs> the, here's probably the best part about what I, I maybe I understand. I think I just now clicked why they thought was, were looking at me so weird. It's because when I said that, I was, when I raised my hand and said, yes, I have that, I was wearing a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they were probably like now picturing me pooping. Well, maybe you were just like really enthusiastic. You were just like, I have pooped with a backpack on. <laughs> and I am right now. <laughs> Um, so I don't think that's weird, but 
do, do the transition. Do it, do it, do it. But these questions are about things that they're not sure are weird or not. We'll tell you if they are. Um, I see that I'm seeing what our first question is. I think we should bump it to the end because it is the most hardcore of these questions. Yeah, it's more serious. So we'll do this one at the end. Let's do the one at the end. Okay, cool. All right. Okay, here we go. Question one. Should I unfriend former college friends who always view my Instagram stories but never like anything that I post? Knowing that they're watching but not interacting really gives me pause, especially because they like and interact with other friends in our circle. That's the Uh, end of the question. That's not that weird. Not that weird. It's not that weird. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, I understand why you might think that that is weird, but I feel like, so, okay. So this reminds me, I have a friend who, whenever somebody retweets her selfies, which is a weird internet etiquette thing to do. Right. I agree. Yeah. She like blocks them and then like posts like really angrily, like, if you uh, retweet my selfies, you're going to get blocked. And I respect that, first of all, because you want to know what? Curate things however you want to. Yeah, true that. I mean, it's a picture of yourself. I understand you want to have con- some control over that. Right. Um, but like on the other hand, I think that there are people who don't know that internet etiquette and who retweet selfies because they think that's how they should show their appreciation. Show their support or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think something similar is at play here. Maybe it's just that they see your Instagram stories more often because that's how their feed like refreshes. Yeah. Like when I click on an Instagram story, I just like click one after the other. So like they might not be like deliberately choosing yours. No offense. Right. But they might not be like, I'm going to see what she's doing and then I'm going to ignore her feed. I really don't think it's that deliberate. Right. So they might just like follow enough people on Instagram that they never see your posts. But when they go through stories, like they're just fewer. Yeah. Here's what it comes down to. Everyone does social media a little bit differently. Thank God no one does Twitter in my friend group the way I do. Yeah. That would be a weird, that'd be weird. That would just be too much, I think, good content for Twitter to handle. And we don't need to give them all of our free good content. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad my friends don't do that. Okay. Ooh, okay. Like I have, okay. So here's an example of using social media differently. I've personally never wondered this. Yeah. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter a lot. But other people really care if you have seen, for example, their Facebook photos. Like they, those are personal photos that mean a lot to them and they would appreciate it if you looked at them and liked them. Whereas I haven't posted a photo to Facebook, well, I'm in like years. Mm. So like people just do their stuff, use their stuff differently. Yeah, totally. I just also kind of like, man, I have never, I've only successfully posted an Instagram story one time and it was mostly on accident and I fucked it up. That's amazing. Yeah, I've only ever posted one Instagram story. You know why? Because nothing deserves to be on an Instagram story. No. I, what deserves that? God, I'm getting so tired of Instagram's like constant ads. Yeah, too. they're disguised ads. Or I'm like, oh, this is a cute picture of a wait. I'm, I'm not. I yeah. didn't want to be sold this jacket. It's very frustrating. Again, you get to curate the space that you want and enforce the rules that you want. It's whatever. But I don't think that they mean anything by it, especially because Instagram is kind of a terrible interface. It's kind of just something I passively click through. Let's just shit on Instagram. Yeah. I love it, but I hate it a little. I hate it, I think, a lot. Really? Yes. Although, um, did I tell you about um, my college friend who I only interact with through Instagram? Oh, no. You didn't tell me this. I had a a friend back in college who I only, we had like one class together, but we clicked, you know? Yeah. And it was our senior year, so we graduated, never saw each other again, but we followed each other on Instagram. And I've seen her grow from this like awkward 22-year-old who, well, not even really awkward, she's kind of badass, 
Um, she got married kind of young or whatever. And now she's like this out and proud lesbian. And like, she's got like tattoos and like, she's always got a mohawk. And I'm like, I love you. And I love that you are becoming more of yourself. I actually, I commented like that on one of her pictures and I'm, I'm feeling I, I, I stepped over the edge. Oh, I doubt it. But like, yeah, no, like anyway, what this is to say is that Instagram is an awkward place full of awkward interactions. It really is. Man, it is. But I want to know why this asker feels this way. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm really curious about is why do you place so much weight on the likes you get? And I'm not shaming you for this because, you know, like I said, everyone uses social media differently and I'll do anything to get a laugh on the internet. Understood. But, yeah, but like getting those Instagram likes, do they give you feelings of happiness? Again, that's fine, but like I also want you to consider getting that interaction from somewhere else. Wow, Jen, you're right. I never even thought about how this person is keeping track of how they're liking their friends' posts, too. Yeah, I don't like the keeping score thing one bit. Right. It makes me uneasy for you. Because yeah. if you're keeping score, your friends don't even know they're in this game. <laughs> oh, my God. Jen, you're like, I don't know what happened, but it's like the the muse of friendship alighted on your, your forehead. Like, that was really good. Oh, thank you. Oh. It's very true. I love attention. <laughs> Because, like, you know, sometimes you'll be on Twitter and there are friends who, like, always fave your shit but never retweet it. Yeah. Like, I I don't know who those people are. Yeah. Like, I couldn't list them off the top of my head. But they're just things. Right. They're like, just people. This is this should be a thought that's flitting in and out of your head and not something that you're dwelling on. Yeah. If, I totally agree. I'm worried that you're dwelling about this. Exactly. It makes me think you're taking anxiety from somewhere else in your life and putting it on the internet. I agree. And again. Totally been there. Right. Part of my life, too. We a thousand percent feel that your feelings are normal. It's just that it seems that your normal feelings are are over more overwhelming than they should be. Yeah, because like the fact that no one's liking your posts or whatever, it just says nothing negative about your personality. Right. Or you or your people who love you or coming in and out of your life because you mentioned these were old college friends. Why do you think they should like your posts? Like, are they why do you think they're obligated to do that? Well, I mean, it's partially not interacting really gives me pause. So if this person is a, is a she, her, they, them, I can understand monitoring behavior, especially of men on the Internet, because some things can make you feel a little iffy, a little unsafe. That's a super good point. Like you're participating right. in the pictures of me, but not anything else. Right. Everyone's got that one male Instagram friend that only likes their selfies and not like the pictures of their dog. It's like, I see what you're doing. Right. Yeah. But like, but that's not the differentiation here. It's the stories versus posts. Yeah. And it just says former college friends. So that makes me think it's like a group of the past, maybe right. of different genders. So I would say the two main takeaways we're putting here, one is that there are too, there's too much emphasis on liking, because if there were not too much emphasis on your friends liking your posts, this wouldn't come up at all. You're keeping track. Yeah. And then the other part is that you feel you are being watched but not interacted with. It's not that you're incorrect, but we think that there's probably a different way to interpret this. That, that, that we would just like you to consider. Right. Because obviously you know these former college friends. I have some bad, weird feelings about a lot of friends from college. So I could totally understand you feeling weirded out about them looking at your stuff without being like, quote unquote, friendly about it. In which case, definitely mute, unfriend, block. We feel that way very, like, we're always an advocate of curating who you interact with on the internet. Right. At the end of the day, the in conclusion is get rid of him if you want. No big deal. 
Yeah, absolutely. But also you might want to take a look at how you are feeling about Instagram and like what you're putting out there. And you might be putting a little undue emphasis on people liking your Instagram posts specifically. And we also got no information about what your Instagram posts look like. Right. And I actually think that could be relevant because Mm -hmm. like what if you're trying to get jobs? or sell your artwork, or even if they're selfies, whatever they are. Some people spend a lot of time taking nice photos and putting them on the internet, and I can see why that would be important to you. I get it. Every photo I post on Instagram of my dog, very important to me. Heavily edited, you know, get it framed right. Right. You don't have to edit her. She's perfect. But, like, I want to get the lighting right, do, mm-hmm. do justice to her to her big, beautiful butt. Snoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I get that, that if you're putting personal things on Instagram, you want you want, like, a personal response back. But still. Just Mm. maybe assess this a little more. I agree. Yeah. Next question. Next question. You're up. Dang. Oh, I really, I feel so strongly for this asker. Okay. Hi, Jen Intrin. I realized I have sort of a funny habit when I want to do friendship at somebody, but I'm still pretty new at knowing them. When I am making new friends, I sometimes get a bit of a giddy friend crush at them. I, uh, I have a word for that. Ooh. It is called a squish. A squish. Yeah, yeah. It's a Tumblr word that I've yeah, heard Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard that on Tumblr, yeah. Yeah, like when you really friendship someone. Ooh, squish. Yeah, which feels different than enthusiasm for a new friend because I get kind of anxious about if they like me or not. How this goes sometimes is that I'll engage with folks at dinner or a party and then get effusive at them at a way that can land somewhat awkwardly. I don't think I'm inappropriate, but more that I just sort of get loud and effuse in ways that other people find hard to follow. I mostly recently wrote this new friend an email asking, Hi, I'm worried I made you a little uncomfortable. And if that's true, I'm sorry. I think you're really cool, and sometimes I get sheepish with people who I think are really cool. But anyway, I'm sorry if I made you feel weird. I feel like this is a weird way to tell new friends that I like them. And I don't want to give folks the impression that because I feel a way about them, I expect them to do anything about it. Should I keep it to myself if I have anxious feelings about whether or not very cool new people like me even a little bit as much as I like them? Should I just make a practice of like trying to act normal around new friends until I can be less bashful and not worry about trying to impress them until I cannot be so weird in front of them? Et moi. Thanks very much. Bashful in Seattle. Aww. That's so sweet. You seem so sweet. Uh. I understand the giddy friend crush feeling when yeah. i first met her and i got the giddy friend crush i ah! totally get it you were like oh my god this person's so cool can we hang out this sounds great i have a new friend i get it it also it's just it's nice when those feelings are like giddy mutual too oh yeah totally right? so i know that the main question is should i just keep it to myself blah blah but let's talk about why you are doing this at all because you've identified that it makes people feel uncomfortable to the point where you feel uncomfortable that you've made them feel uncomfortable. Very good point. So maybe we need to stop. Oh, Trin, I love you for saying that. That's what I was thinking too, but I couldn't like put it into words. I was curious, like, do you think people are uncomfortable? What are the cues? What's the evidence in front of you? And it's true that not everyone can read social cues the same way or accurately. But I was curious, like, are you making people uncomfortable? Are you? Right. And if you're worried that you are, that's worth listening to, right? I I really think so. And there's definitely a line between people who are like, everything that I do socially is probably wrong and makes people hate me. And you know what? I think I did come on a little bit strong and I might have made them feel uncomfortable. Oh, dang, this is something I actually do all the time. I think that you are perhaps 
needlessly putting yourself in a place of anxiety after you meet somebody. Mm, like you're man. like you're being hard on yourself, maybe, but you're also creating the situation. Damn. Sorry. No, <laughs> no. I think that's really smart because you you told me. I hope it's okay to repeat this. You told me you really relate to this person. Oh yeah, a thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. When I read this question, I like okay. Every now and again, we'll get a question where I'm like, oh my god, somebody asked this question, so that I'll answer it on the air, and I have to. I know. To think about my own behavior. I hate doing that. I love lying to myself. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I'm pretty sure that this is somebody I don't know, but like, yeah, like I, I get that way too. I get, um, I, cause I think it's just a quality of really loving and caring about people. Like when you meet somebody and like they give you an idea of who they are and you can put together that picture, it's a really beautiful thing. Like people are great. Like I hate people. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But people are also amazing. Yeah. And yep. so, and it can be, I know this sounds so goofy, especially if you don't know what I'm talking about, but it can, meeting a really cool, really sweet person is like looking at a goddamn painting in the Louvre, you know, it's a, a wonderful experience. And so what I've done in my life, and maybe this will help you, is I try to make sure that when I'm complimenting people, when I'm being effusive, that I am saying it for them to hear and not just for me to say and get out of my head. Yeah, that's good. Like, who is it for? Right. Is it really going to make them feel better? Yeah. Yeah, that's really smart. I just love that you talk about the magic of meeting a cool person. I think this person is probably like us and that they run pretty sensitive. Yes. Which, again, as I said in the show before, being sensitive is awesome. It means you're empathetic. It means you see the good in people. It can be a very powerful thing when you meet someone you're just like, oh, I think you're so awesome. I think the work you do is cool. I love that you help people. I love that you dyed your hair this color. Like, oh, you're so awesome. Like the city I live in is full of people like that. And I have to rein it in a lot. Being a very loving, empathetic person can be like being an open window. You are both letting out the beautiful baking smell of your kitchen or whatever, but you're also like, you know, letting in the bugs. Oh, yeah. You know, and like you're also getting a beautiful, fresh breeze from outside, you know? What I'm trying to say is that when you are a very sensitive, empathetic person, it is though you are a conduit. Things kind of like come in, come out very easily. But you have to make sure that there is consent there. This is ultimately a, a matter of consent. People are sometimes made to feel very uncomfortable by effusive compliments. It's not really a skill that people have is accepting compliments. It can make you feel like you are being inspected if you have a very specific compliment from somebody who's new. That, I totally get that. Yeah. I feel that way. I'm like, wait, you noticed that I dyed my hair this color? Well, well it's because I have gray hair. That's why I do it. Oh, God, is it showing? Are you giving me one of those compliments? Yeah. That's how people think. I'm sure that when people compliment your hair, they're like, God, she looks really good today. Wow. But that's the thing that we we have to temper our compliments with that understanding. And it's also very different when I say your hair looks great or somebody that you met yesterday and saw you again today was like, wow, your hair. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think the fact that this person is interacting with new people is key mm -hmm. because I, I respond really well to people that are effusive. Like you're one of my best friends. I have another another close friend named Terry who's a lot like this. She's very open with her love. I often cannot match that level of friendly and happy when I meet someone new. Mm -hmm. And it's not really because of them. It's more like I'm kind of feeling out a situation. My guard is up a little bit. And I, I don't particularly like this about myself, but it has served me well before. <laughs> Honestly, I'm still finding my footing in a social situation. It's really more about me getting comfortable than them doing anything wrong yet. Right. I mean, it's the, the whole thing we always say, the first date versus third date conversation. Right, right. I can only imagine that the people that you love and are close to 
love when you love on them and give them effusive praise. I would say that it would be beneficial to you to focus on giving that love and that affection to those friends that you have because you you don't talk about the friends you currently have. It's only the new people. Oh, I'm going to say something that might that's I I'm going to say a critical thing that I don't think applies, but it might. So I feel like I should say it. Yeah, say it. Make sure that you are not overwhelmed by the novelty of new people. Mm, I do that. I do that, too. And everybody does to some degree. I really do think that. I think that what is somewhat weird, maybe, I guess you could say weird, which is strange because, again, Jen and I both love you from the description that you gave of yourself. But weird with like the shrug emoji is that you don't talk about how effusive and how loving you are to your current friend group. So just what I said, I I think focus in on the people you know well, who know how you compliment and, and, and maybe do it less to the news. I think I have an example of myself doing just that. So this was mm, last fall, maybe I was out at a bar in Logan Square. It was one of those nights that like, it was really great. I was out with friends and it just got away from me. Like I ended up at a bar where there was dancing. And wow. so it was like, I know, I know, like I said, and I got away from me. It was unplanned. It was magical. And it was getting crowded. And uh, it was, it was like a drunken night at this bar. It was filling up and like, talking to some friends and like someone like stumbled over our table and because we'd also been drinking and this person was friendly didn't bother us it was like hey hello and then you started talking to us and he's like my brother's here look and he just moved to chicago and he was very nice and we were talking and it was like you're new to the city he's like i just moved here this weekend and i was like let me buy you a drink welcome to the city so we got him a drink we were talking and then i was like let me give you my phone number we could totally hang out because you're new and you have no friends here and then like we were talking and then we broke off thank god the next morning i was like whoops I friendshiped way too hard and I, John was like you gonna text them I was like no nah <laughs> that's the magic of alcohol yeah exactly so I get where this person's coming from because you meet someone so cool and you're like I can be friends with them but like the magic spell is going on a little bit it also makes sense that if that were something you did a lot mm, mm-hmm. uh, you might Limit the amount of alcohol you would drink in situations in which you are meeting new people. Yeah, yeah. Where I came on too strong. Absolutely. Because right. there's a, there's an amount of self-control that it will, will be involved, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Like, do you remember the day where you said, Trin, you can only give me one compliment today? Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> well, it was so cute because your whole face lit up. And I was like, uh-oh, she's about she's about to board the compliment train. And I was just going to yank Choo-choo. you back a little bit. Yep. <laughs> You just put on your conductor hat. I have one. <laughs> you also have a train whistle. I have whistle. a train whistle. It's oh, the God. whole thing. Don't train, worry train. about it. Oh, choo-choo. So, uh, yes. So I feel like we can, we're ready for an end conclusion here. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it home, Trin. I, I think that you have a beautiful personality, and I feel like you have a gift, really, which is to find the good in people. And you just need to hone that gift a little bit to know when it is appropriate to express these things. Because ultimately, if you told us, hey, I compliment people all the time and we become friends and it's great, then that's not a fucking problem. But you have a problem because of the anxiety that you have after you do specifically go overboard with your compliments. So unfortunately, we can't just pat you on the head and say, you're doing great and everybody loves when you say nice things about them. Because it's not fucking true. So you just kind of have to take a step back and bear in mind that when you say the nice things that are beaming out of your heart, there's a person who is hearing them and reacting. And we need to focus more on the, the listening and reacting that the other person in the situation will be doing. I really love that you said honing. 
because if this person really loves people, like they say, they really are emotional. Man, that's cool. I like people who like people because yeah. I don't. <laughs> so I think it's very cool when you like a person. The world needs more, a little more love. <laughs> but also, you know. Rain it in. Rain it in. Rain it, Rain it in, in, you weirdo. You got it, weirdy. <laughs> All, right, All right. Should we do the last? The, the, the serious, last first question? The last first question? Uh, yes. This one's a... That's a doozy. That's a doozy. All right, here this we is, go. This is going to be one of these questions where we don't have the answer, but we want to talk it through and hopefully we'll say something that will apply to you. I have a friend who can't stop talking. Like she seems to have an actual problem with not talking. I enjoy her company, but I often find myself annoyed with this habit and I know others do too. Many people have brought the issue up with me and since she sees me as one of her best friends, they all think I need to be the one to say something. Once, she was at my house with several other friends to watch a football game. By halftime, everyone seemed pretty fed up, especially my husband, who thinks talking through a football game should be grounds for banishment. We all just stayed quiet through the whole third quarter, thinking that if no one talked back, maybe it would stop. She couldn't stay quiet for even three minutes. Some of the talking was game-related, but a lot of it was just irrelevant jibber-jabber. She never asked any questions, never tried to engage anyone else. She was just talking. I know it impacts her relationships because I've seen people actively avoid her. It's not uncommon for her to quarter someone new at a party and try to strike up a conversation. The situation is difficult to watch. The new person usually starts out genuinely interested, but gradually it becomes clear that this isn't a conversation at all, rather a person talking straight at them. You can actually see people pulling away from her physically at parties. I genuinely want to help her, but my motives are also selfish. The talking issue has begun to impact my friendships with others as well. Many of my friends don't like having her around all the time, and more than once I've had someone text me to make plans while she and I are together. I've replied, I love to hang out. I'm with so-and-so at the moment. Do you want to meet us? Or we can meet you. And gotten a response back that says, I can't handle so-and-so right now, but you should come over when she goes home. It's an extremely weird situation. I'll admit I have lied to her before. I've told her I'm feeling sick so I can go somewhere else. I told her I was working while at a party she wasn't invited to. It always makes me feel awful. Also, she has major issues with rejection and tends to latch on to one or two people like myself and revolves her life around theirs. She assumes that all of my friends are automatically her friends and feels abandoned when she doesn't get invited to something. What do I do about this? Do I try to tell her that if she could learn to use her ears, not her mouth, that she'd make more friends? Do I just let her live her life like this and deal? How do you tell a sensitive person that no one likes them because they talk too much without ripping their heart out? I'm at a loss. Pronouns she, her. This is so much. The question, the theme of this episode, is this weird? And the answer is, yeah, this is weird. It's a bit weird. But I mean, by weird, we mean in this situation, it's off-putting behavior. That's worth, that's worth addressing. It's worth addressing. It doesn't mean, and, and when we say the word weird, we don't mean it to be like, weird. Like, it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, let's dive in. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, I, I think it's important to address the many reasons why somebody might have this problem. So I, I, just a few off the top of my head. She's a needy, codependent person, which is, again, as we always say, these are pretty common qualities to have uh, like a little a little spice of in in you. But maybe you're not dumping the entire container of cinnamon inside of you. She seems insecure. Maybe there's a fear of silence there. She might have some some root to that phobia. And she might even be on the autism spectrum, although we are not trying to diagnose anybody. These are all possibilities of what you may be working with. And none of these things are things that can be solved by you. I think that's a really important thing to drive home here. Like, this is more than an annoying habit. It's not like a quirk. It's not just something you have noticed about her. 
Like this is a pattern uh, that many people have noticed and it is impacting her life. This is something that your friend might not have much control over right now. I would say that there's very little chance that the friend hasn't noticed that the world is is interacting with her in a weird way, you know? Like, I, I feel like you kind of have to somewhat know. I don't know. Yes, I would think so, but I really, I don't know. Man, I mean, and it's also, we're, we imagine that this person is an adult, and this is probably behavior she's had her whole life. Yeah. Man, if this came suddenly out of nowhere, that would be even more cause of concern. Right. I mean, I'm going to say it's not out of nowhere. Yeah, I agree. Because you were listening. You said, you know, I think I cut this sentence when I read it accidentally, but you said I could give many examples of the issue. So this has obviously been going on for a long time. Well, one quick thing that we want to make sure that you do immediately, one step that you can take is never invite her to a football game ever again. This is clearly not compatible. Yeah, it's not compatible. She's not the, I think we, didn't we have a question recently that was like, my friend talks through movies and it was not, it was not as like, yes. it wasn't like this. Yes. It wasn't quite as dramatic as this. Yeah. But it was, uh, we told them like, don't invite your friend over for movies anymore. They're yeah. not your compatible movie friend, unless right. you can get them to shut up in a funny way. <laughs> but other than, if you can't do that, then no more, no more movies for this friend. Right. And that is going to be true of a lot of friends. You will have friends who um, are appropriate to invite to the, the club and friends who are appropriate to invite to the knitting circle. Like there are just, you're going to have different friends for different situations. What concerns me is how much her talking is impacting you. One thing that was missing from this question that is just, I'm sure, the, a flaw of having uh, emails sent in and not like actually talking with you is that we don't know why you like her. There is definitely something missing. There's nothing in here about how lovely and sweet they are, how they care about you, how they've done this nice thing for you. It says they don't engage. Yeah. Um, if she's not asking questions, that sort of thing, that's very hard to understand how you two have connected. And the fact that she's overtaken your life so much that when your other friends call you, she's there very commonly. That means that you are hanging out very often with somebody who has a deep psychological problem and who is impacting your life because you seem to be babysitting her a lot. Yeah, babysitting is the right term. Monitoring the social situation, doing right. a lot of community management. Right. And a quick disclaimer, we're not judging either of you. You're not bad for having a friend who is needy, and she is not bad for having uh, a social awkwardness that she can't help. What we are saying is that it's important to analyze why you are giving her so much of your time when it seems that all that you have is complaints and weirdnesses with her. And worries. And worries. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like this person must love their friend because otherwise, why would they write in? You know. Yeah, why not just drop them off? Well, I think there's probably some measure of guilt. Yeah. Oh, and she mentioned rejection. Uh, yeah. She really takes it hard. Yeah. You can't just casually ghost on this person because you know it would really impact their social life. Mm -hmm. That's a lot on you. It is. Yeah. So I think that within the solving of this problem, don't just think about how to help her with her social awkwardness, which, again, you cannot solve. Also think about why you are so involved. What do you get out of taking care of a very needy person? Are you getting good things back in your life? Which is not to say that everybody who's got a social awkward problem is a terrible person, because if that were true, nobody would be friends. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast wouldn't exist. So Trin, is something we're getting out here that this person needs some professional help? Definitely. Yeah. Therapy. Yeah. 
yeah. doctor's doctor's visit, something, something, some kind of um, analysis. Um, just because if you're noticing that it affects their life in ways that are very harmful, I mean, then it's something to be addressed. And there can be a conversation that you have. Let's talk about ways to start this conversation. And again, we don't know the answer to this, but hopefully, when we talk through all these possibilities, you'll hear something that feels right to you. Okay. Uh, yeah. My my disclaimer is it will be hard to bring this up yes. for anyone, let alone up to bring it up to someone that talks a lot. Yes. Because you're going to have to lay down some boundaries. You might have to say, I need to talk. I need the floor. Yes. This is such a silly idea, but one thing that you could do is if you're drinking, uh, have the, the, the speaking wine bottle. So if you're holding the wine bottle, you get to talk and then you pass it back and forth. Ooh. That would be a good tool here. I learned that in uh, kindergarten class. Yeah, and it's funny how adults need stuff like that, need the stuff you learned in kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. Because we don't, We definitely this is a conversation that you're going to want to have in private. I don't think that there is going to be any kind of like neutral referee that you'll be able to enlist. This is going to be a we're cozy or at home or something. We're just having a, a nice heart to heart. Yeah. I'm on your side. Yes. I'm it on, sounds like you are. Yes. I think that it making clear that like you are on the side of, hey, this is something I've noticed. Um, I, I'd like to talk to you about a pattern that I've noticed. Something like that. Yeah. I like think that's a good start. I also like laying it out. This conversation, it's going to be uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Just say it. Just say it. Say, let's get uncomfortable here for 10 minutes. Talk about this. That way you can kind of give them an out. Yes. I doubt they'll be done talking after 10 minutes because because of what you've show, what you've told us and because this is a heavy conversation. But just in case they everyone wants to escape. I think that's really good. Giving an out. Yeah. I, I love telling people like, hey, I want to have this uncomfortable conversation with you. And it is only because we are such close friends that I'm actually veering into this territory at all. Oh. Because is, if you didn't care, you wouldn't have the conversation. Exactly. That's exactly right. Man. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I, I love you the way you are, but I want you to be able to navigate the world more comfortably. Yes. I want things to be easier for you because right now I, they don't seem easy. Yes. And, and the, the football um, example is a really good example that you might want to bring up because it doesn't end in somebody rejecting her. It's just saying like, hey, we were in this situation and you acted inappropriately for this situation. So it was simply that the rules of the game were not you weren't you weren't abiding by them instead of like, hey, you made this person feel really uncomfortable when I, when I can't go to parties with you. Oh, shit. That is such a good distinction, Trin. You're not commenting on their personality. Right. You're commenting on what they did or what happens in the situation. Yeah. What happens? Lay it out. You have to be very clear and it's going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might be listening to this and being like, no, thank you. You can opt out of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just having the conversation is one potential end of, of this awkward business. Like saying like you are not the problem. It's just that you might have maybe an easier time in life if you are better able to translate what you're thinking into what you say to people. Man, it's just like how we just said that she's talking to talk and not for a listener. Yeah, not it's not for anyone else. Which to me is a behavior that lends itself to mental illness or or instability. Again, I can't diagnose anyone. Yeah. That's just how I would read this situation as a third party. Yep. All we can do is give our analysis as a third party with the information we have as people who care about people. Another thing that sucks about this that's kind of hidden in the first paragraph here is 
Many people have brought the issue up with me. And since she sees me as one of her best friends, they all think I need to be the one to say something. Oh, wow. So no, I pressure, no pressure on you or anything. Holy. That's a lot on your shoulders. Everyone's looking to you to like do something about this. And, you know, that can be that can be good and bad. It can be bad because maybe you don't fucking want to. Right. Why is it up to you? You're it just isn't. a human. Mm-hmm. Maybe, though, if you could draw strength from that, if it makes you feel good to know you have a trusted friend in the situation that you can go to and be like, hey, I'm going to have this conversation with this difficult conversation. I want you to know what's happening. Is it OK if we talk about it first? Like if you can find allies in this, that would be good, too. And don't bring them into the conversation. I do think it should be private when you if you make this confrontation. You know, this sentence also, to me, speaks to the potentially uneven friendship that these two have. Because the asker specifically calls out, since she sees me as one of her best friends, Mm. not because she's my closest friend, because I'm her closest friend, they think that I need to be the one to say something. Well, do you feel that way? Do you feel like you are in a position where you can, can help this person or want to? You might not be, you know, man, I honestly, over and over again, it feels like the asker doesn't even really like this person that much. I know. Which sucks. That extremely sucks. I mean, if you, oh, I think that makes it harder. It does. Yeah. Because like, I mean, ultimately this shouldn't, this shouldn't be your job. I mean, it should be on everybody to, you know, self-analyze, work through this, this sort of thing. It should be up to your friend to realize, hey, I seem to be pushing people away. What am I doing? Um, and, and it's hard. And, and having mental illness, mental instability, those sorts of things, which she may or may not have, makes it even harder. But I mean, really, you're not you're not in charge of her. Yeah. I mean, it is OK to admit that you're out of your depth here. Yes. If a friend brought this to me, I'd be like, oh, my God, I would recommend you a therapist to help you with this. Yeah. Yeah, this, it really is difficult because I understand the human instinct that you want to help this person. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's what they're getting at here? I do. But I also am afraid that the friendship is this asker's way of helping this person. Oh, like, yeah, like it's not a pure. It's friendship. not a friendship. It's, it's, it's not a friendship. Yeah. yeah, that's not what a friendship is. Right. Like it, it feels like this, this is what I see from the from the question, which, again, like all I have is the question. It feels like the asker has had this friend in their life for a long time and doesn't even really know what they get out of it anymore. The friend thinks that the asker is their best friend and the and the asker is not doing anything to discourage that incorrect assumption. They hang out all the time because it's convenient, maybe. I feel like that one of the problems that the asker is not addressing is the problem of why am I giving so much time and energy to this person I don't really consider my best friend? Is it because I need to be needed? It's because I feel obligated. Oh, right. Or did I stumble into this? So, I mean, like, I know that this question is focused on the friend. The friend has this problem. The friend has this problem, which they do. For sure. But you also have a problem. Yes. Which is you're being put in this position. Right. And you are also, in a way, putting yourself into this position. Because if you don't really like her that much, but she's around all the time and you're constantly having to babysit her behavior and you are constantly being put into awkward positions because of this friend, that's a you problem. That sounds really exhausting. Yeah. This must affect so many areas of your life. You wrote to us that she has major issues with rejection. So right there, there's a huge obstacle in your way. Because you are worried that this person is going to see all of this as rejection. You have no clear way forward, right? Like you have no way of even having this conversation if they have major issues with rejection. 
I'm still reading the last paragraph over and over again because tends to latch on to one or two people like myself and revolves her life around theirs. That's not good. Yeah. That's I, alarming. I really don't think that the asker is truly friends with this person. Yeah, this isn't, that's not a friendship. The phrase, you could tell by the phrase latch on. Yeah. I've never used that to describe a friend. And she also says uh, no one likes them because they talk too much, which, I mean, is not true. Somebody, I'm sure that there are people who love them. Um, but the, it, it, it's not that no one likes them. You, you ask her, don't you like your friend? Yeah, you didn't say no one but me likes them. Man, this is rough. Let's recap what we've decided so far. Okay. So one, this regardless of the situation, it is an uneven friendship where the asker is doing a ton of work, is doing a lot of babysitting, and that sucks. Two, the person who talks too much, it's not just that they talk too much. It's that that is a symptom of something else that is going on. And that is something you cannot fix. And then the third is if you care enough, do have the conversation. Because having the conversation isn't rejecting her. It's I love you so much that I want to have this uncomfortable conversation because because I care about you and I care about your ability to navigate the world. What do you get? Where do you get from that? I mean, it's really I think it's up to the asker. So asker, if you do like this person and you care about them in a way that isn't just I have a puppy to take care of, then yes, absolutely have the conversation. But if that's not true, then I think you just need to remove yourself from from them a little bit. Yeah. Put some distance in. Yeah. Is there a middle road where you can where if the asker isn't sure if they like this person anymore? but still has it starts to have that conversation with them. So I think that would be up to the asker and their closeness. Because for me, like I don't have difficult conversations with people I don't love. Yeah, that makes sense. Like if it's somebody that I see on like a, a every now and again basis, I'll just let them, everybody has problems. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah, oh, what the fuck ever. Right. Like, and everybody I think has things about their friends that they put up with because it's like, whatever. Yeah, let's go down this road a little bit. Sure. So they, they're going to decide to put some distance between themselves and this person who talks too much as a simp because they have, they have other things going on. What does that look like? Can you, let's talk about how to like safely do that, how to do that with kindness. Yeah. yeah I think that's an important thing here. Um, you know, it's funny because the people who are handling this very healthfully are the, the mutual friends. Who are being very clear, like, hey, do you want to hang out? And then you say, I'm going to bring this person along. And then they told you flat out. I can't do that. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. I know it feels harsh, but it is okay to not put yourself in a situation where you're going to behave badly. Yeah. Like I um, honestly, like I, I have a lot of respect for the friendships that you have with those friends who are like, eh, no, thank you. Because they are consistently making clear that they want to hang out with you um, but there are parameters and one of the parameters is they really can't handle that friend and that's great honestly yeah it's not harsh to select who you spend your time with ultimately if you want to stop seeing her around or you want to see her a little less often it's you just start saying no and if she says like i feel like i'm being rejected things like that then i mean just be honest and say like i just i need a little bit more time for myself i've noticed that i need that yeah. I mean, it's not untrue. Right. I wonder what it's like to communicate with this person over text or email. Wow. I'd be very curious if that makes it easier. Yeah. More difficult. Because there are, you know. Right. Like, I, is it that they are long winded in general or is it that they are talking as a symptom of mental illness and it's just like the talking? Yeah. 
yeah, like, can you have a difficult conversation over email? I don't know. I don't, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know if you should or if you want to, something right. to consider. Can you only, can you put this person as an email friend? Hmm. A friend you only hang out with online? Man, I the really The answer, don't know. it's okay if the answer is still no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I just, I'm just curious what that would look like if that's, if that's more stable and, and healthier for everyone involved. Ultimately, this person uh, needs some, some professional help. This question would be 10,000% easier for us to answer if we knew whether or not the asker actually likes the friend. I think you're right that the answer is no. Right. I think they were skirting around it by saying no one likes this person or latching on or yeah. she sees me as her best friend. Those are cues we can't ignore. Mm -hmm. Because if you said flat out, my best friend can't stop talking, then the answer's cut and dry. You, yes, you, have the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like talk to your friend. They like, clearly like need some help or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, my best friend is violating social cues in social situations over and over again. Oh my God, talk to them. Making people uncomfortable. Um, I feel required to babysit them, uh, but I love them. Well then, okay, let's work with that love yeah. because when you love somebody, you put in the work. But if you do not love her, you do not need to put in the work. It is not your job. Regardless of how if you think it's going to make her sad, this sounds extremely harsh, and it is. Life's a bitch, okay? It is. And so am I. Consider this. If you go into this trying to help, and you do not love her as a close friend, you could make this worse. Yes. So much worse. Put her in a bad place. Put yourself in a bad situation. Yes. And I, I say bad in a vague way because I am being vague because I don't know what could happen. And this is the far other end of this. This is in another place where I don't think we're in this place, but consider that your tacit acceptance of her behavior might be encouraging it. Yeah. I mean, no one at that football party scenario was telling her to please be quiet. Right. Or like, hey, oh, hey, we really want to watch the game. Yeah. Did, did that come up at all? Did right. anyone say anything? Like, or, or, or say it a couple times. Like, Seriously, though, like, I really don't want you to, hey, if you want to talk during the game, can you hang out in the kitchen? And like uh, people who want to talk, hang out in the kitchen, have tater tots. We'll, we'll move the chips and dip into the kitchen where people can hang out. Right. And then if she finds out that nobody's joining her in the kitchen, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh, man. It sucks because, again, like, I wish that I could give this person the answer, but I don't think that there is one. No, I don't think there's a single answer. The advice we give isn't trying to be correct. It's just trying to be helpful. Right. And again, it, I think this is going to be one of those questions where you sift through, listen to us talk, and maybe something will ring a ling ding ding in your head. And then you take that to your therapist. Yeah. And I would love a follow up on this. I would too. We don't have to share it with the, share it with the class if you don't want. Right. But we're very curious. I'm very curious and I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for you. I am too. Yeah. Has this been friendship? Is this, is this, is this it? Yeah, we've been recording for, I don't know what that number means. A long time. A good amount of time. And now I'm sleepy. This has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can at Do Friendship. If you would like to buy our stuff, you can at the Friendshiping store. Do we have other things? I feel like we, we have, have other stuff. We have pins and postcards at the Friendshiping no. store. <laughs> like we have lots of good <laughs> like there's other another, links. Yeah. You can... Oh, you can email us a question. That's the one. At friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Alex Cox, the podfather, for putting in an extreme amount of effort to get us uh, recording today. Thank you. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for uh, designing, and congrats on your new job. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our song. 
Uh, happy birthday to Jen. Finally, 19 years old and, and legal to do th- things I that can you vote when you're 19. <laughs> like, I could vote. You can vote at 18. Anyway. It doesn't matter. What's important <laughs> is thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. You friendship at the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the moment's over. Oh no, it's not. I am the robot. Beep boop boop beep boop beep. Oh. Okay, that's enough.